This morning, what I would like to talk about for a few minutes is worship in the midst of tragedy. Worship in the midst of tragedy. How many know that emotions are a gift from God? Emotions are a gift from God. Here's a list of some that no doubt we have all likely encountered. It's ecstatic, angry, frustrated, sad, confident, happy, frightened, cautious, depressed, overwhelmed, hopeful, lonely, bored, surprised, anxious. You probably can relate to one or several of those. And there is more that I could name, but for time's sake, I just had those few that I wanted to share. But while we deal with emotions on a daily basis, some emotions can cause us to become so enveloped in them that we lose focus on the most important thing in our lives. The most important thing in your life and in my life, here it is, is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the most important thing in our life, is our relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we commit our lives to living for Jesus, our relationship with Him should trump all other emotions as we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in the fruit of the Spirit, which the fruit of the Spirit is a representation of the character and nature of God that results in our foundational core emotions that will keep all of our other emotions under their influence. I want to read that again. It took me a while to write that, so I, want to, I just want to read it again. The fruit of the Spirit is a representation of the character and nature of God that results in our foundational core emotions that will keep all our other emotions under their influence. And just to give you a refresher, here is the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there is no law. But how do we allow the fruit of the Spirit to take the lead in our lives, especially when we deal with tragedy? I'm glad you asked. Here it is. Worship. Worship. I looked up the definition in Old Webster's Dictionary. I changed a couple of words around because of our understanding today. But worship by definition is chiefly and to a high degree. How many know that there are different degrees of things? Um, there's different degrees of emotions. You can go from glad to ecstatic. And if somebody's actions say they're glad, but they tell you they're ecstatic, it just doesn't seem to make much sense. But when somebody is over-the-top exuberant, then you get it that they're really, really, really excited. They're really, really, really happy. They're over-the-top. 
And that's really what worship is, chiefly. And to a high degree, the act of paying divine honor to the supreme being or the reverence and homage paid to him in religious exercises consisting of adoration, confession, prayer, thanksgiving, and the like. All of those things to a high degree, to an over-the-top degree, not just a little bit, but a lot. I mean, if you, you know, I, I know that, that a lot of people have different views about buffets now, but you think in normal times about buffets, and you go to a restaurant, and and they tell you it's all you it's all you can eat. You can have as much as you want, and they bring you out this little saucer, <laughs> and you're thinking, I came here to eat. I didn't come here to nibble. I came here to get full. I came here to indulge. May I tell you that the key to having your emotions in check and living under the fruit of the Spirit is to worship and indulge in worship over the top so much that it's not just a little bit. I'm glad I didn't sing very much because I'm feeling preachy right now. Natalie told me yesterday, she said, man, I, I imagine it's just going to be really good today because you haven't preached in a while. And no, I haven't. And it just kind of builds up on the inside. It's just kind of, you know, it's like my, my dad said, I'm like a Pepsi Cola. He's like, you know, if you shake me up, I'll just spew out a little bit. <laughs> but there are only really two occasions when worship is in order and called for. Only two. Number one, when you feel like it. Number two, when you don't. Uh, yes. When you feel like it and when you don't. Tragedies are events often involving the loss of life, which causes heartache and despair and anxiety and a sense of helplessness that get this church. It will happen in your lifetime. Yeah. Ryan, can you turn me up just a little bit? I know I may be getting loud to some, but I'm going to back off a little bit so I don't have to be quite as loud. Um. Tragedy will happen in your lifetime. Some of you have already experienced tragedy. The enemy of your soul will do his best to keep the tragedy that happens in your life so overwhelming that your praise seems to be paralyzed. I want to say that again. The enemy of your soul will do his best so that Whenever tragedy happens, it will be so overwhelming that your praise is paralyzed. It doesn't seem like that you can praise the Lord. It doesn't seem like that you can worship Him. But that's exactly when you have to make sure to worship, even absolutely when you don't feel like it, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel like you're down under the, the, the load of everything else. It's time to get into your prayer closet. It's time to put those emotions aside and say, I will worship the Lord. Amen. How many's ever heard of Job? I want to read to you a little bit of this story. 
Job chapter 1, verse number 13. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house, it collapsed on them, and they are dead. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. When you read this story, it can cause you to know that whatever you may have to deal with or whatever you may be going through right now, it could be worse. Don't ever say, oh, it can't get any worse than this. Now, I know over the past few weeks we've dealt with signs of COVID, but really, frankly, what we had to deal with was mild compared to what some have had to go through and have had to deal with. And I never, I never for once thought you know, oh, woe is me. This is just so horrible because I knew that there were several and I know personally that have endured tragedies in the middle of all of this. But for Job, it was far worse when he, he lost everything he had in just a manner of minutes. Just really is. There's really very few parts of Scripture that you can read. I say very few, but there's many parts that you can read and sometimes just a few verses encompasses years or, or long periods of time, but this is not that way. You know, it takes us a few minutes to read something and then it took several decades for it to unfold in reality. But in this, it was just literally how long it took us to read was almost how long it took to happen. It was just like that. He had lost his family. But when... Faced with the tragedy that would eclipse all other tragedies in his life. 
This was far worse than anything he'd ever had to endure. What did Job do? Verse 20 tells us that this Job got up and he tore his robe. He shaved his head and then he fell to the ground in worship. That's what Job did. He tore his robe because it was a sign of sorrow. And he shaved his head which, was to, head, which was to be a sign of mourning. Then, the scripture says, he fell to the ground in worship. In the midst of all of this, this is what Job did. He did the one thing that was the most important thing to do. He didn't withdraw into the tragedy. He didn't look anywhere else to find the solution. But immediately he turned to the creator of the universe and he purposed to worship God. Maybe you're facing a tragedy right now with insurmountable proportions maybe you're facing something that you've never had to deal with before may I tell you that you won't find relief anywhere else in, except in your relationship with God through Jesus Christ He's the only one that will give you relief. He's the only one that will be there for you when everything else fails. Turn to Jesus, not away from Him. Job said in verse 21, He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And all this Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. How many know that the scriptures are divinely inspired of Amen. God? Amen. How many know that even though the writing of the scriptures are divinely inspired of God, that there are scriptures that aren't divine? I don't want to confuse you. What I'm saying is just because they're in the Bible doesn't make them divine words. They are divine accounts and they are divine words, yes. But not everything in this book is something that we can take and we should say, I'm going to use that scripture and build a doctrine and I'm going to use that scripture and I'm going to stand on it. There are absolutely many, many thousands of scriptures that are like that. But the account of Job's testimony, not every word in here is a divine point of view. It is a human account of a human point of view. Do you understand? Job said his attitude was right on the mark. However, his perspective like the in, lacked the insight that he could not know. There was no question that when someone was living a righteous life and they were blessed, that blessing was coming from the Lord. I want you to, to back up a little bit and look at Job chapter 1, verse number 1. It said, in the land of us, there was a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright he feared God and shunned evil. So it tells us right there that he, he absolutely had 
a reverence for God. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the peoples in the east. Job was blessed by God. The belief of the day is that when something bad happened, it was the judgment of the Lord on that person and that God caused it. Which is what Job stated in verse 21. He said, the Lord gave and the Lord's taken away. Now the fact that he had all this tragedy come did not mean that the Lord took it away. But that's what Job felt. So our takeaway is, is that utterance, that word there is not divinely inspired because it was Job's belief. It wasn't fact. It was his belief. While it is true that the Lord gave, the Lord did not take away. But Job, even though this was his perspective, even though he thought the Lord has given me everything. The Lord has taken it from me. Job said in verse 22 that in all, in all this, this is what happened. Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. If we look at our society today, people are anxious to cast blame. To get to the root of the matter at hand and find out who is responsible some people cast blame before they even have the facts. Some people are quick to throw out opinions when they don't really know what they're talking about. Social media is full of it. God did not... Let me, let me back up. When someone cannot be found to blame, then sadly many people blame God. Many people will blame God. God did not cause your tragedy and doesn't deserve any blame whatsoever. I have known people that have blamed God and I have seen that blame cause bitterness rooted so deeply and cause them to not be able to be close to God and cause the doorway for the enemy to be opened up and bitterness took hold in their life because when you blame God you're going right to the top it's the opposite of worship it is just going the complete other direction God didn't cause your tragedy the one who deserves the blame for your tragedy is the enemy of your soul, the devil. What Job didn't know was the conversation that Satan had with God. A little bit of backstory again here. Look at verse number 6 in Job chapter 1. Look at this story. One day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming through the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? 
There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. How would it be that if your life was so profoundly affected by God that you walked so uprightly before God and that you worshipped him in everything that you did and God says to the devil says let me brag to you a little bit about my servant I, I just have to believe because God is no respecter of persons that if you live your life in such a way that your life points to God that God just probably just leans over to the devil just pokes him a little bit and say, hey, look at my servant right there and insert your name. I just believe that. Verse 9 says, does, God, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that, so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan very well then, everything he has is in your power. The power of who? The devil. The power of Satan. But on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So while Job's belief was this came from God, he didn't know about this conversation here. Who was the one who caused the tragedy? Satan. The devil, not God. Yes, he had to get permission because God was blessing him and he was walking in that blessing. How many know that there are times that will come to every one of us, even as believers? The blame for your tragedy is to be laid where it belongs. It is with the devil because God is not a thief. Jesus said this in John 10.10 10, that the thief... The devil comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. The devil comes to rob you, to steal from you, to destroy you. But Jesus came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly than you've ever had it before. And sometimes some Christians can get it in their minds. Well, I don't feel like I'm living a very abundant life right now. And sometimes we look through the lens of of physical things. We look through the lens of material blessings, but may I tell you that material blessings are no measurement for the prosperity of the soul because when you have abundant life, it is because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. He gives you the peace that money cannot buy. He gives you the worth that you could not have otherwise because Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's the one that died for you so that you could be free and you can live free he is the one that gives you the abundant life the enemy of your soul does everything he can to destroy you and he will do it over and over again if he has the opportunity does it mean that we won't have tragedies absolutely not if someone tells you, well, just give your life over to God and you'll never have to worry about it again, they're lying to you. It doesn't work that way. As long as we live, we will have to deal with things. 
But I tell you that I would much rather deal with things with my hand held firmly into the hand of Jesus Christ than my hand held firmly in the hand of anybody else or anything else because my trust and my hope is not in any other relationship. My trust and my hope is not in in the government in Tulsa or the state of Oklahoma or the government in Washington, D.C. But my trust and my hope is in Jesus Christ. But when these tragedies happen, we have to purpose in our heart that even in the midst of tragedy that we will worship the Lord, run to Him, not from Him. Worship the Lord. In James chapter 5, verses 10 and 11, he said, Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Well, what did the Lord bring about? I want to challenge you if you've never read the book of Job. I've read it several times. You need to make sure that you read the book of Job. It is a powerful testimony. But at the end of the story in Job 42, 12, it, this is written. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. The Lord, the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. Contained in Job's prayer from Chapter 1, verse 21 was this. May the name of the Lord be praised. May the name of the Lord be praised. Worship in the midst of tragedy. Worship the Lord always because we know that there is something that is coming so that the latter the latter state is more blessed than what it was at the beginning. What does that mean? It means that this is an example for every one of you, every one of you who are watching today, to know that whenever you're going through a tragedy, whenever you've been overwhelmed, to make sure that you know for a fact that when you purpose to worship the Lord, that you know that when you get through this tragedy, when you get through the effects of what the tragedy has done and the havoc that it has wreaked in your life that the latter end will be better than the first that when you come out of the tragedy you'll be much better off than you were before the tragedy and you'll be so because you have the strength that the Lord gives to you and brings to your life he is your rock he is your foundation he is your deliverer his name is Jesus worship him in the midst of tragedy worship him always First Thessalonians 5.18 says this. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
Well, I just don't feel very thankful. I, I, I've got situations that are happening that I, I just don't understand. We may never understand anything that happens to us. But in the midst of all the things that happens, put those things aside and put them in perspective. And in the whole midst of life, they are just a very small portion. They may be a bump in the road. They may be something that is so deep and so so harsh and so rough to deal with but worship the Lord bless the name of the Lord may the name of the Lord be praised when worshiping the Lord is so entrenched as a part of your life even in tragedy it will be your testimony until your final days on this earth. How would it be that if someone were to describe your life, they said he was a man of worship and praise. She was a woman of worship and praise. Everything that they did pointed to Jesus Christ. I tell you, there's a scripture that just blesses me. It's from Genesis, but... The account that I want to read is from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21. And it says this. This is the faith chapter talking about the heroes of the faith. And by faith, all of these ones did it. Hebrews eleven twenty-one 21 says, by faith, when, when Jacob, when he was dying, when Jacob was dying, he knew the end was near. He blessed both the sons of Joseph. He gave them a final blessing. And the word says that he leaned, he worshipped leaning on the top of his staff. I don't know why this scripture just touches me so, but it does. This man who was almost dead physically. He was at the end of his time on earth. He mustered every ounce of energy and his strength. And he pulled his staff close by. And he put his weight on the staff because that staff had been there all throughout his life. That staff had been there and it really was a representation for him of the presence of the Lord and the steadfastness of the Lord. And he leaned on his staff and he worshipped the Lord. Can you imagine? I've had the occasion to pray with some folks that have been advanced in years. And... Uh, I've seen some people that have gotten happy when they have worshipped the Lord and they've gotten exuberant in their praise and they've, they've just couldn't contain themselves and they may just jump up and down a little bit and that's alright, I've done it myself. I've prayed with some people that maybe because they were a little bit older now they maybe weren't as exuberant in their praise, but because I was holding on to their arm, they felt steady enough to where they're just going to jump up and down anyway. 
And I tell you what, it's bless, it's a blessing. Worship in the midst of tragedy. You may be in the middle of it right now. You may be in the middle of a hardship. You may be in the middle of one of the toughest things that you've ever had to deal with. There may be something that comes later today or tomorrow or in the near future. I want you to know that you can worship the Lord and you should worship. Make worship a priority. Worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Give him the praise that he deserves. Worship him. The only reason that we live is to worship the Lord. The only reason we live is to worship the Lord. I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. Just to worship the Lord. Just to praise the Lord. Perhaps we can sing one of those songs again. I just want you to be lost in praise. Whatever is going on in your life. It's not gloom and despair. It's I will worship the Lord and he's going to take care of it. Right now. Father, I thank you. Lord, because you're the, you're the stability in our lives. Lord, we will worship in the midst of tragedy. We will worship in the midst of good and plenty. We will worship at all times. We will not withhold our worship of you, Jesus. Jesus. We worship you. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Worship him.
you and he will guide you. Amen. 